Good afternoon and welcome to the Young News Podcast. Your host, John Phillips, alongside Sean Clappis via WhatsApp on this Wednesday, September 29th, 2021. Sharing with you our thoughts on current events. Sean, it's been about five, six weeks before we uh, spoke. You made a little visit, obviously, to the United States. I made a little visit to Serbia. I'm back home in Florida. You're back home in Spain. And Sean, what I think we've seen over the past five, six, is, five, six weeks is a slow unravel- uh, unraveling of the American empire. You know, what I see happening right now from the vaccine mandates dividing Americans, brother against brother, sister against sister, from the hypocritical policies that surround COVID-19 in general, making people's heads spin, from the border crisis out of control, out of control border crisis in which the cartels actually are very smart, using as much leverage as they possibly can, gaining as much leverage as they possibly can for negotiations in the future with the United States government, from the Afghanistan crisis, where China pretty much says, get out of Afghanistan and we're going to move in. It's our territory. It's on our border. You guys are a falling, failing empire. And it's our turn to start taking away these natural resources that you were using the past 10, 20 years. You see all of these things happening, Sean, across the world. And quite frankly, Sean, things are falling apart. Things are falling apart. And I know we can start with a lot of these things. I think the thing that's been on our minds the most is clearly... This idea of mandating medical experimentation on individuals in America. I think a lot of people said, okay, you know, people should get it. Uh, You know, I I recommend it, but don't make it mandatory. Well, then it became mandatory for a couple of people and then several people and now millions of people. And it's eventually going to be in the hundreds of millions. And I think this is spiraled out of control in such a very short period of time. And it's affected almost everyone that I know. Someone has a family member in their family and which has been having to make a very difficult decision. To me, it's not a difficult decision. But I also have to be empathetic and should be empathetic to the idea of I don't have, say, four kids and a half million dollar salary in which my entire budget, my entire lifestyle was built upon that $500,000. Now, I will just say this because I've heard this before and I've heard this very often where people are like, but, you know, if I don't get the vaccine, man, like, I don't know, my, my, my kids can't go to private school and I'm not going to be able to afford the car payment and then the mortgage. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, OK, let's just break this down. Is is the vaccine mandate really the problem or is your over materialistic life really the problem? Is is flooding your house with useless shit from Amazon every single month the problem or is it the vaccine? And I'm not saying that this is obviously putting people in a good, easy decision. And I know this is difficult. It's difficult for a lot of families that are married, uh, couples, friends. But what I'm trying to say is, Sean, is like, look, like if you're going to undergo this medical experimentation because you believe in this experimentation and you know the risks that are uh, uh, that are that are that are that are with this experiment and you think that it's a very good thing, it's gonna help improve our society, that's one thing. But when you radically oppose this medical experiment, when you know that there's hypocrisy all over these mandates and these policies, and then you say, well, I guess I'm still gonna have to do it so that I can keep my job. Like, I don't have any sympathy for you. I'm sorry, I don't. Because you know what you can always say? Sean, you can always say no. You can always just say no. And I know what people are thinking out there, like, but, you know, it's only going to be this one time. Oh, really? It's only going to be uh, just like just like flatten the curve was just one time. Just like, oh, we're just going to wear masks until this thing 
you know, until hospitalizations come right. down. Remember that? Two weeks to two weeks to slow the spread. Yeah. Now become almost two years. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Exactly. We're only going to do it now for six months, eight months. Oh, we're just going to get through the first winter. And once we get through the first winter, most natural immunity yeah. will take it. It's like – and it's never ending. And now people, after witnessing over the past 18 months this prolonging of tyranny, this prolonging of authoritarianism, what? They just think that they're going to take this one shot and nothing's going to be required of right, them in the right. future? <laughs> like – this is – and this is why I always say there are people obviously out there like, hey, man, just fake it. Fake it. Get the paper. And I get that short-term solution. But here's the problem. You get the fake papers. Eventually, 6, 12 months from now, the technology is going to get better where they're going to be able to know which papers are real and which papers are not. And oh, yeah, yeah. they've sure. already going to have people – some guy in Hawaii – some guy in Hawaii got caught. He's facing like an absurd, absurd fine in jail time. Right. So – something that is not even legal. You, I mean it's just, this is like – Mandating a, a vaccination like this is against the Nuremberg, right. Uh, right. Nuremberg Accords. Right. And and, and, and and so we look at all these and, and we look at this entire situation and it's just really the unraveling of the American empire. And I think it's everything happening at once. And I also think like there's – you know when people – Sean, this is the way I would look at it. When people are in trouble, people panic. When people panic, people make bad decisions. They make decisions that don't make sense. And that's what I see within the leadership of the United States of America. I see leaders, so-called leaders, making decisions in a panic state because these are panic-type reactions. You don't have that cool, calm, collective, let's look at the data, let's look at the stats, let's look at the long-term effects, let's look at the costs, let's look at the benefits, let's stay very cool, calm, let's not demean or put down or persecute anyone who doesn't support our opinion. Let's go through one by one by one situation, scenario, case, study, all that stuff, and just slowly, methodically work our way to the best solution possible. You don't see that. You see panic. You see complete panic at the on the Sean, you see complete panic on our southern border. You see panic in Afghanistan. You see panic with the mask mandate. You see panic when it comes down to understanding the origins of COVID-19. Everywhere I look, Sean, is panic. And when there is panic, you make bad decisions. And so I know I covered a lot here. I'm gonna give the microphone over to you. But again, I just think to see all of these bad decisions made and to see so much of this irrational, immature behavior coming from our leaders is a very discouraging thing for me to witness. Yeah, um, you know, all that panic, John, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's totally intentional, you know? As you say, you're witnessing the collapse of the American empire. I I agree, absolutely. I think the the American experiment is coming to an end, honestly. I think we're going to see secession by some states in the next few months, in a few years, if not a few months. It's going to take the dollar to crash, which is going to happen pretty soon um and i think that and and then you know and then it might get to a point where next year when you know covid 20 comes out or covid 2021 whatever they're whatever they're calling it now and they're going to require everyone to get boosters i think that you're going to see enough people and john it was funny you know i was driving back from the white mountains in new hampshire i was hiking driving back i passed by a barbecue place just i'm on some rural road in connecticut and um, I passed by a barbecue place. There's a truck, right? The regular, the regular restaurant was closed, and they were serving barbecue out of the truck. I said, you know what, man, I'm going to get some like, local barbecue. 
go get some barbecue. The owner and, you know, the workers, they're sitting down with a couple of folks, just on picnic tables, regular working class people, and they're having a discussion, and they're having a very spirited discussion about how unjust this all is. And I kind of poke in, I poke, and, I, and I inject myself in the conversation. And, I'm, and they look at me like, hey, hell yeah, this guy's on our side. How unjust everything is right now, how, how, how anti-scientific it is, how anti-American it is. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is just driving by in rural Connecticut. This is probably a conversation that is happening in 50,000 other picnic tables in America right now. I just happened to come across one. So I guarantee, and these people were, they were fervent. They were like, this is, you know, there's something's going to happen. You know, one of the guys was like, yeah, I mean, it's like, good luck if, if they're going to try and come and take away my guns. Good luck, you know? Yep. And, and I brought up Australia. I said, look at what's going on in Australia. Um, literally, they're a prison colony at this point. They had one case in New South Wales and then the whole country locks down. There's, there's, there's video, there's footage of people being pepper sprayed for being outside old men being beaten in the head with sticks by by cops on horseback right and all of this for health really to, to protect people even though all the bits of science that we have show us that locking people in their homes is not an effective way to prevent the spread of covid 19 that locking people in their houses is is is, is fascism it's authoritarianism it's ridiculous it doesn't do anything it ruins the fabric of society. It takes away people's rights. And yet Australia is going through this right now. And, and Australians are taking it. Do you know why? I explained this to the guy. He said because they, they, they don't have guns. They don't have guns. They cannot. And, and this is the thing, you know, to all the like liberals who might be listening, who are rolling their eyes. I used to be exactly like you. I used to be super anti-gun. Like, oh, guns are completely unnecessary. Well, guess what? If... The Gestapo are going to knock on your door and expect them to serve you papers or drag you outside for whatever bullshit that the government law, government laws have passed. They're going to think twice if the entire populace has guns in their homes, or at least a large chunk of the populace. It is going to be a lot harder for them to persecute you if you if they if they if they know that you're completely unarmed, that you're completely subservient to the police, even if you hate the police, you know, like people in like people in San Francisco or Seattle or New York, they hate the police, but they also love calling the police as soon as something bad happens and they hate and they hate guns. The Gestapo are gonna come right into your home. The Stasi are gonna burst right in. The COVID Stasi. And they're gonna say, show us your papers. And so Australia is a very good example of this, of, of the people being completely disarmed and subservient, and the state now doing whatever they want with it. And it's not cynical for me to say this. This is realistic, because this is how governments have functioned always throughout human society, throughout human civilization. It's just that we are entitled. We've been lucky enough to have liberal Western democracy for about 50 years, that in, in which a Western liberal democracy has not stomped on people's heads. I mean, if you were black in the 60s, then absolutely, yes. But for the most part, you know, we've had it pretty easy. And that's not how things usually go. Usually, it's a police state or a monarchy 
or a collectivist, uh, 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 some kind of a collectivist communist state, right? It's something where you, the politicians are not your friends. Politicians are not looking out for your best interests. They never were. They never were. And so anyway, just to, to, to sum up this long story, as I'm talking with these guys, and they're all like, oh my God, I can't, you're right. You're absolutely right, you know? Yeah. It, this, the feeling I get, John, is that people are fed up with this. At least at one, as soon as you walk outside of the city, people are vo- verbally fed up with this. And they're talking about it with their friends and their neighbors. And you know what, John? In the cities, even in the cities, when I would talk with people and they would bring up, you know, just COVID and the vax mandates and stuff like that, none of them were gung-ho about it. They would like apologetically kind of be like, well, you know, it's what we got to do and we got to deal with it. Or, and they would defend vaccine mandates. I would just kind of sit there and just, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, not even say a word. I would be dead silent. I wouldn't even go, mm-hmm. And they would be uncomfortable because they'd be like, oh, 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 God. My art, like, my, I have no argument here. Right. I'm just talking. And all, and I think they're realizing that they're like, they sound like a battered housewife. Um, trying to defend her husband who, who beats her every night because she burns the roast, right? Being like, no, well, I mean, he loves me. He's really looking out for me. It's just, you know, I, I get it wrong. I I mess up, right? That's what they say. They say, well, we, you know, we don't put our masks. This would all be over if everyone just masked up and everyone just stayed in their houses. Yeah. Really? You know, this would be all over if we all just killed ourselves. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if we all just lay down and die. Then it would really all be over. Is right. that what you want? You just want to have no life anymore. So that's the feeling I'm getting when I go when I went to America, John. That was the and I'm, you know it's different here because I can't. I mean, my 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 I'm not as fluent in the language here, and I don't understand the intricacies of the culture as well as I do as an, if I'm an American. You know, that was the feeling I got when I was in America, John. That was the vibe. Yeah, was either people were scared and resigned. Or they were outwardly defiant. I, I couldn't find anybody who was gung-ho about everything that was going on. Right. So, right. Go, no, I, it's, I'll, it's, I'll, let you, I'll let you comment on that. Yeah, no, there's definitely a city-rural divide. And I think there's certainly... Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's deeper than ever, Jeff. It's, it's, there's, there's certainly a north versus south divide. Look, I think there's a really good case that in 2024... I absolutely think that there can be a divorce, that there can be a situation where, look, let the South go, let the North go, and that's it. The interesting thing is, is however, when this, when this idea comes about, people think that, you know, let's say if the South wants to secede, the North will just let him go. I don't believe that one bit. I do believe, though, there'll be a double standard where if Trump got reelected, the left would be like, okay, we want to secede and we have the right to secede. Right. So, right. and I think that's, right. that's ultimately what would take place. Um, For sure. I think that's not, the, that's not the worst case scenario. I think that's actually something that people have to think about. I mean, what Americans have to ask themselves is what ultimately binds you together with other Americans? What, it's not God, it's not religion, it's not the church. It's no longer uh, freedom as a result of these max vaccine mandates and the amount of support that they've been given over all across America, specifically within the baby boomer leadership, that's kind of, you know, driving the car off the, off the cliff, right? <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, we're really in a very interesting situation where not a lot of things seem to be bringing Americans together. Now, I will say that many times when there's a crisis, you often have communities that seem to be far apart come close and support one another and be there for one another. But I have to tell you, Sean, you know, I haven't asked my mom this or my, my dad this and, you know, I haven't asked enough people this question, but what is your church doing? What is your church doing to protect the rights of the unvaccinated? I, I thought about like all these churches out there and many churches out there when we grew up as kids, First Church, even Catholic Church, where, where you went, there was so much emphasis on freedom of worship, of America being that light on top of a hill, right? And that we were somehow, some way given a special blessing by God, almost to the equivalent of the Jews, like the Jews had in the Old Testament. And I thought about it and I'm like, wow, like here you are preaching about how important America is, about how much we value freedom. And you taught this in our civics classes, you taught this at Sunday school, you taught this over dinners. And then when the moment came in your generation, which holds those leadership positions, when the moment came for you to come to the aid of those who are being discriminated against, those who are being persecuted, those whose jobs are being lost, whose incomes are being drained, where are you? You're nowhere to be found. As a matter of fact, many of you out there are actually supportive of some of the things that are going on, but you have no courage. Even those churches out there, and it's very unfortunate, even those churches out there, I don't care if it's the leadership of the Catholic Church, I don't care if it's the leadership of the Orthodox Church, I don't care if it's the leader, leader of big Bible Belt uh, mega churches. Where are the leaders coming together and saying, look, we may disagree on marriage, we may disagree on the Pope, we may disagree about doctrine, but one thing we can all come together on is that we shall never live in a country in which forces people to undergo medical experimentation. And I thought about it, Sean, and I'm like, 18 months have passed. And let's say over the past 30 days, not a single leader inside that Catholic church, that Orthodox church, that evangelical Bible Belt megachurch, not a single leader came together with other big time leaders and said, we're going to make this doc, this, we're going to make a proclamation and we're going to come out and we're going to take a stand. We will never, ever, ever support and we will always stand against any government or any policy that forces people to undergo a medical experimentation. And you know what, Sean? I, I, I look at Huffington Post. I look at Drudge Report. I look at RT. I look at Fox News. I look at CNN. I kind of scroll the Internet. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen a single situation in America well, where that meeting's you, taking you, place. You know what I've seen? Pope Francis denouncing anti-vaxxers as doing the work of the devil. That's what I've seen. Going The Catholic Church going in the opposite direction of what you're talking about. Not just being silent, not being quiet and cowardly, but Francis literally saying, no, 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 no. We need to go along with all this. With all this. Right. Which is that's what I've that's what that's what I've heard. And now, what do you so so when you when you hear that, the way I look at it is like clearly, clearly there's been a relationship between the multinational corporations and the global bodies of government, and the Catholic Church. Though there are parts of the Catholic Church that still are doing things that are in line with their doctrine and with Scripture, clearly oh, has certainly. been clearly has been hijacked yeah. 
by a drunken leadership that is so hell-bent on having worldly control that they have decided to join forces with these corporations, with these governments, and say, yes, we want to be part of the action. Yes, we want part of that power too. And I, I just don't understand. Like my thing is, is that at this point in time, I don't see how you can be even a conservative Catholic, a liberal. I don't see how you can be a Catholic and be okay with a big ass sign in front of your church that says masks required. Are yeah, you yeah. are you I kidding know. me? It, it boggles the mind. Are you kidding me? Even when I sit down by myself to pray at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday? Really? Really? While the while the guy who's getting drunk across the street uh, 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 surfing Tinder on his on his iPhone, that guy, that guy has no problem not having a mask. But me cannot have a moment of holiness and silence and meditation and contemplation by myself in prayer. No, without a mask on. Do you know what I think this is? What I think a big part of this is, John, is it forces everyone, and I think this is deliberate, it forces everyone to constantly be thinking about the virus and thinking about the mask, right? If you have the mask on, if, and if you're scared into keeping the mask on at all times, and if you're if you're forced into subservience, or if you're weak enough to be just to be subservient all the time, wear the mask whenever you're supposed to, because it's the polite thing to do, of course, you know. Just like just like uh, snitching on the Jews to the Nazis, that was the that was the polite thing to do as well, right? So, but I'll leave that there. So, I mean, it is getting people to be thinking about the collective over themselves. That is the point of all of this, John. Getting people to think about the color. You have to think about, about the well-being of people who you've never met, and not of your own volition, because you might do that anyway. You might be a very charitable person. But let's be perfectly honest. There's something called the Dunbar number, which is a psychological limit that humans can reach before they, they stop caring about other people. You can only care about maximum like 100, 130 people. I can't remember what the exact number is. But this all comes from when we evolved in hunter-gatherer groups, right? And tribes. This is why this is why social media is not real, right? You cannot have a profoundly deep relationship with every single one of your uh, Instagram followers, right? Or any one, any every one of your uh, Twitter or Facebook friends, right? This is it, it's it's an illusion, and getting you to wear that mask to you have to get into your brain that no no this is because you're doing this for everybody for the community you have to give up your dignity your autonomy for the community this and and, i mean does this sound familiar to you john yeah i know this is i mean this is marxism yep pure and simple it's 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 global communism and i'm i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to sound like a cook here or conspiracy theorist but Global communism killed a hundred million people in the 20th century. Right. It continues to kill people in Venezuela and Cuba and North Korea and to an extent China. Yeah, Absolutely. but you know, you know what the problem the, the 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 problem is that people think that evil only comes in the form of a communist flag. So I agree with you. Like no, no, this, not even they they think 
A lot of people love the communist flag. People yeah, but it comes in the form of the form of the swastika. That's that. That's all they get. That's all they can get their minds wrapped around. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, no. What I was going to say was is that people can recognize communism if it came in the heart, hammer and sickle flag. But I think yeah. ultimately the people that obviously want the control, the people that obviously want to turn people into machines so that they can do their bidding for them, turn them into slaves really, they're not going to come in that, that form anymore, right? They've evolved. They say, okay, if we come in that form again with the hammer and sickle, people are going to recognize course, us right away. If we call ourselves a communist, they're going to recognize us right away. So they come up with different forms, right? They're yeah, able to do yeah. things right now where they're in a situation – where they're, they're, they call themselves progressives now. The yeah, and 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 they 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 will they will do their best, right, to try to take to t- try to take hold of the dictionary. And I, yeah. I've been torn into two. I mean, one of the big things is like ultimately, is it are they too powerful to overcome, or do actually individual small local communities still have control over their fate? And you know, it's a great question to have, right? Like ultimately, I think people right now could have a great debate as to whether or not they actually have autonomy and whether or not they truly can make a difference in this world or whether or not it really has to deal with the people at the top because they have more power. You know, it's like top down versus bottom up, right? We could have that debate all day long. It's probably a mixture of both. I've always been under the impression that here's what's happened. People at the local level became irresponsible. They became very prosperous. They decided to flaunt their prosperity and become very materialistic. When they could no longer afford their materials and they could never flaunt their materials, they then decided to borrow money. They borrow money, they go into debt. They go into debt, they become a servant of someone else who that debt needs to be paid to. And ultimately what I think in America we've had over the past 20 years, Sean, is we've had a system created and designed to get people in a situation in which they are in debt and they cannot live legally unless they pay those debts every single month. Now you take away their job, you take away their living, and they're now backed into a corner where being and taking part of a medical experimentation that has massive problems and could potentially have massive consequences in the future becomes the only option that they seem that they need to survive. And you know, people will say, it's oh, it's, 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 it's the people who are mandating vaccines. It's like, let's just break this down really simple. Had you been a little bit more self-sufficient and self-reliant, maybe you wouldn't feel so squeezed. Maybe if you didn't finance that car by putting 0% down for 72 months, you wouldn't feel so squeezed. Maybe by only putting 10% down on that house and then refinancing, maybe you wouldn't feel so squeezed. Maybe if debt didn't become a permanent part of your life, maybe you wouldn't feel so squeezed. But unfortunately, we are in a situation right now, millions and millions of Americans in a situation, they have a lot of debts to pay, college debt, credit card debt, car debt, mortgage debt, the family debt, you name it, and they have to pay the bills. And so now all of a sudden they work for United, they think they're a great pilot making 200K a year, living a good life, saw the inflation, saw the low interest rates, bought that home, uh, finance that mortgage, and all of a sudden they're told by their superiors, oh, hey, by the way, if you want to continue to fly for us and make 200 k a year, you need to get the vaccine, and if you don't, we're firing you. Now all of a sudden that person feels like they have handcuffs on. They feel like they're yeah. trapped. They feel like they have nothing other, they feel like they have no other option than to ask for the key, and the only way they get the key to unlock themselves is if they take the vaccine. And I think a lot of people will take it. And I think the more people, here's, can I just say real quick, I'm gonna finish. One, the vaccine can come 
come in many forms. It's, it's obeying. Right. Sorry, yeah, what I was going to say was people actually have convinced themselves that if more people get the vaccine, then they're going to stop pressuring people to get the vaccine. Yes. And it's actually going to happen. The That's opposite is going to happen. The more people that start to get this vaccine, the more cornered that small percentage of Americans who haven't got that vaccine will yes. feel. So a big, big mistake that people made from the very beginning was, hey, you know what? We'll get the vaccine and eventually when enough of us get the vaccine, everything will go back to normal. In fact, I want to bring up the fact that I remember when like the target number was like 70%, you know, and everyone was like, okay, 70% of Americans get it. We're going to be okay. And now all of a sudden Joe Biden goes on TV and says 98%. Yeah. It's like, man, you guys, I don't know what to say to, to, to all those people out there starting in March and April of 2020 who said, hey, you know, I heard that uh, these mask mandates and lockdowns are going away once we flatten the curve. And you actually believed it. Wrong. And then Wrong. and then it was, hey, I guess, you know, I guess we don't have to worry about any kind of crazy vaccine passports. We got this test that I guess tests for the virus, <laughs> even though yep. even though the inventor Wrong. of the test says that it doesn't test for the virus. But, you know, we have this test now. So we have this test and we have this protocol and, you know, we're going to be able to get through this just one winter. And once this vaccine's here, everything's going to be back to normal. Well, the vaccine came and we weren't back to normal. And then it was. Oh, well, you know, we'll just get through the summertime and people will be, you know, and, and, and then all of a sudden it went to having access to the vaccine to then pressuring people to get the vaccine to then saying that you have to wear the mask and unless you get the vaccine and then saying that you're going to have to lose your job unless you get the vaccine. Think about this, Sean. It all started with flattening the curve. And here's the issue, Sean. Here's the issue. And then I'm going to let you take over. People thought that at the time oh, well, I don't like what they're doing, but I'm just going to go along with it because it's until they flatten the curve, right? Yeah. And then yeah. and then in those two weeks when they realized that they lied, if they were to say, you know, fuck this, I'm not wearing a mask. You guys promised us two weeks. Those hospitalizations are down. COVID is not a big deal. It's a severe case of the flu and the numbers prove my point. Fuck the mask. I'm going to go and live my life and you can arrest me. And if people did that by the millions, hundreds of millions, this thing would all have been done in over a night. But what happened, what you would not hear about. Correct. But but here's what happened. What What happened was people said, I'll just prolong it. And then they kept on wearing the mask and then. Then all of a sudden, they kept on doing the testing. And then all of a sudden, they got in line for the vaccine. And then all of a sudden, they strapped the mask on, even though before they said they wouldn't need the mask, now they do need it. And, and, and notice a trend here, Sean, that each policy that has come out over the past 18 months, Sean, has become more, less and less comfortable, has made people less and less comfortable. We went from saying, Keep your distance, yada, 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 to saying you're fired if you don't get the vaccine. And you know what's interesting, Sean? If people had to think about it, right? Think about this, Sean. When were we, if this truly was and is a deadly virus, when would it make sense the most to have a you're fired if policy? It probably would happen right away. So I'll give you a good example of something that I would have supported. Maybe. The first 40 days, president comes out and says, we are shutting down businesses and we're going to make it very clear to you that if you decide to show up for your job and you decide to go about your business as if everything is normal, you are fired. Okay, so come out really strong with draconian policies for the first 40 days. And then what would happen in a logical world is little by little, you start to look at the numbers, you look at the science, you look at the data, and you start to taper it off, taper it off. Here's what's interesting, Strong. We did it in reverse. We ramped up, yeah. We did it in yeah. reverse. Which, so, which shows you 
how much, as the numbers have gone down and dwindled, the draconian measures have, have ramped up, shows you it's not about health, it's not about public health, it's about control. Do you know why? Because, you know, if, if you ever deal with a bully, saying, saying, oh, you know, the bully comes up and says, hey, give me a bunch of money. If you go, okay, well, I'll just give them my lunch money and they'll leave me alone. You know, I won't get beaten up. I won't get hit. I won't have to stand up for myself and defend myself. Give me a lunch money. Guess what? You just opened up Pandora's box because today it's your lunch money. Tomorrow it's your shoes, right? Like it, it doesn't end. When you bend over and let a bully give, just handle you, they're, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. But here's a great thing, though, John, about humanity. It doesn't take a lot to scare a bully off. All you have to do is not be appear like the weakest one in the pack. Simple as that. And I've noticed this, John. Like, in, in just in my dealings with people, if they are, like, trying to give me a hard time, no, sir, you have to put your mask up. I'll be like... Okay, yeah, whatever. I'll just go about my day. And no, and, it, and the world, the sky doesn't fall down. And everyone's fine. And it's like, this is really all that, I mean, it's like, this is all that we're worrying about. This is all, it, it's like all people have to do, John. It's so simple. You don't even, we don't even need to have a violent revolution. Everybody just needs to say, get off my back. Leave me alone. Let me live my life. Right. Let's just go back to our lives. Right. Let's stop with this nonsense. Not even everybody. A right. plurality of people. Right. Right. Well, I mean, there's a reason why they're not touching Montana. There's a reason why they're not touching Idaho. You know why? Yeah. Because they have guns and they're self-sufficient. They and you know what their response will be when an IRS agent or some federal agent says, hey, by the way, we're going to come after you and your guns if you decide. You know what they're going to do? Okay, yeah, come, come on, let's go. And they know better. So they pick on the weakies, the weaklings. Notice how they all go into yeah, the cities. The cities have the strongest policies. And that's... And this is, this is exactly, this is exactly the playbook, John. You know, and this is the thing is like, okay, uh, bully is one example. Think about a, think about a drug dealer, okay? A, a drug dealer who is a, a parasite on the community, who says, all right, these, these poor people who, you know, uh, want to self-medicate, all right, I'm giving them some heroin. Just a little taste. And then when they come back, I'm going to give them some more. And then they come back, give them some more. And, and, and by the time that they're regular customers, they're stealing their, their mother's television, spawning it so that they can get their next fix of heroin, right? And, and their, their life has gone to shit. You look at people who live in a lot of cities. They have been sold this lie that just selfish hedonism is the pinnacle of human experience, right? So women in your 20s, don't, you know, don't look for a long-term partner. Don't cultivate a family. No, you should go after a career, a nine-to-five where you're literally punching a clock and you're on a laptop 18 hours a day. And then go, you know, go out to the club and do Molly and get nailed by some stranger. That's, you know, feminism right there. Yay, hoorah, freedom, great, wonderful, awesome. And then you're 35. And you're, you know, crying to your cats, wondering why you're such a catch, but you can't, you know, find man. And then, you know, and then things go down from there. You're a lonely seamstress. And I'm not even saying this as a cultural conservative, because I'm not. 
people should be able to live their lives and do whatever they want to do, right? But people, city dwellers, my generation, your gen- our generation, have been sold this lie. They've been sold this lie, this brave new future lie, where no, you know, it's, you know, just uh, porn and Netflix and Uber Eats and everything comes easy to you, and don't worry about it. And uh, you know, if you if you have any hear any problematic ideas, you can just block them on Twitter. And and guess what? And people are miserable, John. They say they're not. They say they're having a good time, but they're miserable. And all of these things that society has given them. That society has given them. Meanwhile, like you know, they get Facebook for free, but it's not for free because Facebook is selling your data to Chinese holding corporations, right? Yeah. Spying on you, selling your information to the government. Yeah. That's the price you pay. Right. And then you're on the hook, and you got the heroin, John, and you love the heroin. You can, but your whole life has fallen apart around you, and you can see our generation is suffering from that. We're under student loan debt because we've been we've been convinced that we need a stupid piece of paper in order to succeed in life. We need to go to a stupid school where they just fill up fill our fill our heads with nonsense that we could be learning if we just went to the library, right? Watch some lectures on YouTube. We can learn all this stuff for free, right? For free, and yet we're now buried under hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Me, not thankfully. Even though I stupidly went to school when I could have just studied what I studied in the street right. as a jazz musician, right. how they did it originally. Right. And I will tell that to every. So I'm sorry I'm going off in tangents, but our our generation has been taught this. You're supposed to live in the city, and you're supposed to make something of yourself, and forget about all that stuff that traditionally gives people happiness. You know, like being a father. Being a father is the best thing that I've ever done. I think you probably agree too. Right. You know. Right. Like, and yet, this is where the drug dealer comes in, gives you the heroin, and says, "No, this is the good shit." And then you're you're like, "Yeah, this is great." And your whole life is falling apart around you. And the heroin is all of these all of these hedonistic things. And guess what? Now the drug dealer is saying, "Well, if you want, I mean, guess what? Uh, uh, Pornhub is free." Uh, just oh oh, take the uh, take the jab, take this first jab, the second jab, the third jab, and we'll give you free donuts. We'll give you uh, you know Starbucks gift cards. Pretty soon it'll be social credit scores, like in China. That's the way we're going. Right. And so that is it. It is all because people allow it to happen. Correct. Because people, I'll I'll, I'll say this one thing and then I'll get off and let you respond. But, so I was sitting in the um, I was grocery shopping today. And I'm just sitting in line, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, humans, humanity is not evil. Humanity is not good. People are most people are just coward, selfishly coward. They're selfish cowards. They're self-interested, cowardly. They don't have much of a spine, and they go along with what they're told. And what happens is. A small handful of evildoers, of horrible, evil people, come come through, and through either violence or coercion or propaganda, convince everybody else to go along, scare everyone else to go along, right? And then things are shitty for a while, and then a handful of selfless heroes who really have a moral spine come along, defeat the evildoers, may die in the process, but then things are. And then the you know spineless rabble, they just accept that things are better. They go, oh yay, things are better. Yeah. But in reality, things could have been great the whole time. 
Right. Because you outnumber the evildoers. And, and I'm, and I'm going to use Nazi Germany as a great example of this. The vast majority of Germans were not Nazis, John. There was only a handful of vocal Nazis. And the rest of the people went along with it. And they said, well, I mean, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm just going to go along with this. Right. And this is what happens in gang initiations. When when you are going along with a gang or, or the mafia or, or whatever, or, or, a, or a, you know, um, in, in an army, you're going along and your commander or your boss or your buddy tells you, hey, you got to kill that guy. You go, why? You go, hey, he's an enemy of ours. You go, he's just lying there. He's not doing anything. He's defenseless. Do you... Uh, do you want to be part of this group or not? So you go and you kill the guy. And guess what? Now you're complicit. Now you're complicit. You're not really a flat, a, a card-carrying member of this evil organization, but now you are. And so the people who go along with this stuff, eventually, they will out their friends. They will say, so-and-so's not vaccinated. So-and-so went to a Trump rally. So-and-so doesn't believe in mask mandates. So, you know, Yep. They'll do this so that they can save their own skins. And then they'll turn around and they'll say, my God, I betrayed everything that I believe in. I betrayed my friends. What am I? Right. And then they'll go down, spiral further and further and further down. So it makes me realize this. That humans, we're not bad, we're not good. Most humans are spineless. Right. Well, one and they of, let things happen to them. Right. I think one of the things that's very interesting that you brought up Nazi Germany was as a kid, I think we were kind of taught history in a way in which made it seem like most people, right, were obviously against such a ruthless evil regime. But I don't think what people taught us as kids was the chances of you being part of the resistance was very, very slim. And the reason why that's so important for people to understand is because you don't get naive to think that you're an angel that oh oh i I, i'll I'll never be a part of that and then what happens is once you once you hold yourself to this high moral shelf you don't realize all of the decay that might be happening as this is going on and only when you say look if i don't constantly have a moment of silence. Maybe it's prayer, contemplation, meditation. And I don't evaluate my consciousness on a daily basis. If I don't have a situation where I am in a relationship where someone constantly is making notes in a good way of some of the things in which I'm doing well and some of the things in which I'm doing poorly, it is so easy for people to be like, well, I'm at least not gonna be like those people it's like actually, it doesn't take much for you to become like one of those people. And one of those people probably at one time acted just like you were. Yeah. And for or, people- Or even better and more heroic than you at some point. Yes, and so I think that was, I think the mistake was, you know, when we're learning about all these things that took place in the 1900s and all this evil and how good overcame evil, what we, what we never really understood was the fact that if you want this to happen, it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be difficult. It's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require commitment. It's going to require a lot of things that at first you might be very, very, very hesitant to do. And just to let you know that if you don't partake, 
in these efforts to make the situation better, A, you're making a gamble. You're making a wager. You know what that wager is, Sean? These are for, this is for all the people out there looking to get the vaccine or just got the vaccine just to get by. You're making a wager that there are enough people out there already in the world to fight this. But that's a dangerous wager to make because if you're wrong, the consequences are catastrophic. So if you go, are going along with this and you don't want to put up a fight and you don't want to give the comfort, you want to give up the comfort of your home and some of the pleasures that you get to experience on a weekly basis, right? And you're not giving this up because you think there's this beautiful, wonderful, heroic group of people that are going to fight your battle for you. I'll tell you right now, if you're wrong, you're in trouble. And if you're right, well, you rolled dice, you played Russian roulette, and you survived, at least for now. But again, I hate to tell you, Sean, the idea, the idea that we are in a situation where this is only going to be required of you just once, that take this medical experiment and nothing will be asked of you ever again. People have to realize once you give in now, you will have to give in in the future as well. And as long as, look, Sean, here's the deal. As long as you know that ahead of time, fine, do it, right? Take the risk, get the jab, you know, subject yourself to scientific experimentation. And I must say on the, on the, on the topic of scientific experimentation, I think it's very interesting because as we grew up, you could definitely tell, especially in Hollywood, Sean, and academia, there was this kind of like nastiness towards religious people. And the idea was religion is a major part of, it's a major problem in our life. So once we get rid of religion, we're going to have a better life. Okay. Okay. What they didn't tell you was every society needs a religion. Every society needs a religion. So this idea that you were just going to replace all types and icons and symbols of authority when it came down to religious objects and institutions and people and that you were just going to have this miraculous democracy and everyone was going to be equal what ended up happening sean was scientism began to evolve and scientism scientism to me is this idea that science is your salvation that if we have enough faith in our experts that have mastered the five senses we will put our faith and trust in them in delivering a healthy and happy society in the future. And Sean, to be honest, that's where we are right now. Right now, AI is the new God. Scientism is the new religion. AI is the new God. Scientism is the new religion. And those guys in the white suits. Fauci is the new Pope. And Fauci is the new Pope. I rest my case. Boom. Done. Drop the mic. That's where we are, Sean. AI. AI is the new God. Scientism's a new religion and Fauci is the new pope. I would I would recommend reading for you and for everyone, reading a great book called uh, Anatomy of the State by Murray and Rothbard. Um, Murray Rothbard is a, is, is a genius. Uh, this book changed my life in how I view the world. One of the things he brings that up is this, is exactly what you're talking about, about how in the rise of secular society, we didn't become non-religious we just shifted our religion into scientism you know and you have all of these and experts essentially people looking and and using the argument falling for the argument from authority fallacy somebody has a phd next to their name they go well i better listen to them right and especially when because they are being if they get most of their funding from the state 
Well, then of course they're going to speak. They're not going to speak ill about the state. And they're going to do the state's bidding to whatever degree. And this is what you see now. You don't see doctors and scientists speaking out against Fauci. Because, why? Because he controls their funding. It's a, it's a mafia, John. It's a monopoly. The state is a monopoly. And they are going to get what they want. And unless people start, like, you know, manning up, growing a spine and saying, I will risk my funding. I will risk my job, but I need to speak the truth about this. I'm not going to clam up. I'm not going to be quiet. Until we get that, then this is going to keep on happening. And, you know, even if COVID, they, they allow the COVID hysteria to die down, they say, okay, I think the people have had enough. They're going to come back. It's going to come back worse next time because we, we're fickle. We forget. We forget. So they're going to get their however many trillions of dollars they need. Uh, they're they're going to get as, as much, uh, you know, economic power. Uh, you know, the World Economic Forum. What's this? Guy, what's the guy's name? You'll own nothing and be happy. Yep. You know, they'll get a little bit closer to that, and then they'll leave us alone for about a decade. And in a decade, it'll come back, and they'll push it even further. You know, it's kind of like gas prices, right? They 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 put gas prices. Say gas prices go up to a six dollars. You go, oh my god! And then it, then they bring it down to three, and it's like, well, it was two before. <laughs> you know, yep. like you just raised gas by uh, you know thirty thirty percent essentially, <laughs> and it's like, but people don't notice this because they're like, well, at least I'm not getting screwed as right. bad as I was before. Right. So it's like the it's it's like the frog that's right. getting, that's slowly boiling in the pot. You know, if right. you put if you put a pot a frog in a pot of boiling water, he's gonna jump right out. But if you turn the heat up ever so slightly, yep. guess what? You have a boiled frog on your hands. Right. within a few minutes and right. he'll be none the wiser right. that's what's happening now right happening. no it's a great point to make I think to wrap this up we're going to look at what's happening over the next couple of months what we think is going to happen I know we're going to do a show probably hopefully soon um, but in the meantime you know I thought about you know what to expect and I I have to say like I caught myself probably doing something I shouldn't be doing which is kind of this idea that you know when you wake up and you and you click on you 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 you, you have your phone on and you get on the internet and I got in this habit of thinking like, oh man, if I just turn on the phone and all of a sudden we find out about a massive scandal in which we realize that a lot of the news that we were given was, was a lie, right? That COVID was a lie. And then I thought to myself, I'm like, that's not how great battles have been won. Great battles have been won with right. patience, with skill, with discipline. And I think, also. yeah, I, I think there needs to be more of a, a, a longer process of, and I don't want to say the word suffering because I don't think we really suffer when we're told that we can't watch Netflix or mm-hmm. we can't, we can't drive two cars or three cars. We have to now, we have to downsize from three to two cars in our family or we no longer can take $10,000 vacations. You know, we have to have a staycation, you know, like, but what I'm saying is, is that we're going to have to as a society use this as a way to look ourselves in the mirror and say, how can I be a more disciplined human being? How can I be a kinder human being? How can I be a more responsible human being? You want discipline, you want kindness, and you want responsibility. And I think until that moment hits, and it really hasn't hit yet, where people collectively understand the value of what I just mentioned, it's not just going to be one click of a news page and all of a sudden this journalist called Glenn Greenwald saves the day and shows right. 
Fauci what an evil tyrant he really is and everyone goes back to normal and there's no lockdowns and there's no masks and there's no vaccine mandates and everything's back to normal and it's a Super Bowl again, right? Like what I would just what I would just say, Sean, in these closing words that I use is that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And you're going to win this battle, this argument, this war, this you're going to find a solution to this problem in patience in discipline, in being kind. These are the ways in which you're going to have to go about this situation. There's this thing called, I guess, COVID-19, that's a virus, but there's also all these many viruses that have taken place within relationships, within family members, within communities, within politics, within sports. How well you're able to manage these many viruses is going to determine how well you are able to manage the large virus. Because some of these smaller viruses have become a bigger issue than the actual coronavirus itself. Oh, 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 without and, and so that's just my point. Stay patient, stay kind, stay disciplined. Very important as we go about these next couple of months, we enter into the winter months. And I will say this, Sean, just get ready for it. Because here's what's going to happen. I can already see this taking place. Once the winter comes, more people get sick. More people are going to get sick. And you know what's going to happen. I'm just going to make this very clear. Those who are unvaccinated are going to be blamed. And you know how they're going to get blamed, Sean? Here's the line going to be from Joe Biden. We warned you, ladies and gentlemen. We told you that if you didn't get the vaccine, this thing was going to linger. And as a result of all those unvaccinated people who didn't want to help and save lives, we have millions of people in this country dying today because they were selfish and they didn't get the vaccine. And as a result, they are the problem and we need a solution that's radical and, to, yes, to address that yes. problem. And, she, and that's- Power grabs from the government where they say, don't blame us, the government, blame your fellow Americans. That's what it's gonna be. And it's not gonna be, wait a second, maybe this vaccine is causing problems and complications and we should look at this dangerous technology that we use for the very first time without adequate amount of time to actually test it. Maybe that's the problem, but they're so powerful, Sean, that they're gonna be able to twist this narrative so easily in making the unvaccinated the problem. It's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's, but this is the thing is, science isn't even on their side, John. I mean, every single person who I know in the past few months who has gotten COVID, they all, they were all vaccinated. And they were all like, what? I can't believe it. I had was vaccinated. I, I, I got, and you know what? So this, this should be a wake up call for people. The vaccine is not the cure. The state is not the cure. The mask is not the cure, okay? You turning off your television, putting down your phone. Yes. Going outside yes. with your family. Yes. That's the cure. Yes. Going for a walk. That's the cure. Going that's to the beach. The Going for a walk. Right. Leaving the phone at home. Having your uh, significant other with you on that walk. Going for a run. Talking about life. Going climbing a mountain. Getting outside. Going in the ocean. That's where it is. That's where it is. Go out in the countryside. Get away from the cities. Get away from the frequency, the high level of frequency that surrounds you. And and, and here, and I'm going to say something very Ayn Randy. Don't think, don't bother worrying about the health and well-being of people you don't know and who you've never met before. Because that's, that's, that, that is not your problem. That is, their lives are their lives. And your life is your life. And I'm not saying... You shouldn't care about other people. Of course, of course, you should care about other people. But 
we are being we are having this kind of like like um like this kind of like pathological uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for just just this kind of like pathological sense of community being foisted upon us and i'm telling you that that is communism in disguise it is collectivism in disguise it is trying to creep into our lives they are trying to get that to creep into our lives so that we give up our personal autonomy we only think about ourselves in terms of groups that's been going on for a while now for the past 10 years or so they've been really doing it and uh, this is just the newest version of that essentially right. so, so I, I, anyway I have, I have one if you're done I have one last final thought go for it so I'm going to go back to sitting at 50 table at the barbecue place. Oh, by the way, before before I because I don't want to end up my mind on a negative note, I will say I am so I, I am so positive. Um, one of the reasons why, despite the pessimism that sometimes we we share, I always want to say that, and I might be in the minority here. I am so incredibly optimistic because one thing I've noticed, and maybe it's a transition that takes place inside of my soul, there are so many things that I would have never been exposed to, nor been informed about, nor educated about, unless I saw tyranny and authoritarianism. To, to, To see the level and to experience little bits and pieces of authoritarianism automatically opened up a situation in which I was able to gather information from people who I probably never would have gathered information from had not that tyranny come out. So there is this weird thing that happens in the universe when a very strong bully rises to the occasion a strong hero seems to also rise. It, a, a strong hero, Sean, seems to feed off of that strong bully. And that's where my optimism is. It seems like over the past 18 months, we can talk about this and that. And I know this is unfortunate. There have been several things, specifically just being educated by people in this world, authors, journalists, podcasters, YouTube channels, so many alternative voices and opinions that I would have never been exposed to had not this type yeah. of situation um, had had happened. That this I, is only going to get better, and I think you know that kudos to those people out there. And the amount of and I, and I don't think I'm alone there. And so I'll let you uh, I'll let you uh, finish off the day. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I mean, just to, to dovetail off what you said, that journey for me started in 2016 when Donald Trump got elected, and I didn't like that one bit, but I saw how crazy and insane and ridiculous all my liberal friends and, 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 and media became, and I said, wait a minute, there's there's something more to this. And yeah, I went down the rabbit hole, and I that's, you know, that's how I became based, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so going to, yeah, going to, um, going back to the, to, to the barbecue place, I'm sitting. I'm sitting there. I'm standing there, finishing my my pork brisket, and um, and the guys there sitting sitting in front of me having a cigarette, wearing a Harley Davidson T-shirt. A white guy in his sixties with beard, big beard, and everything that and you know talking about Trump and everything 
that social media is trying to tell me is that this guy's evil and he's racist. And the whole time he's looking at me and going, man, that Candace Owens, huh? She she's something. She's so smart. I'd vote for her in a heartbeat. I hope her and Trump run in twenty twenty four. I'd vote for her. She's so and I'm like all these all these, you know, all these white conservatives who I've been told but I know better, I've been told are, are evil racists. They're all talking about a thirty year thirty something year old black woman. Uh, who is incredibly brilliant. I mean, I'll disagree with her on plenty of things, but she's incredibly brilliant, very good arguer, very charismatic, a lot of fun to listen to. And these people, all these white, all these white conservatives are gushing over her, gushing over her. Man, I'd vote for her in a heartbeat. She'd be the best thing to happen to this country, da 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 And I just want anybody out there listening just to think about that for a second. If, if you've ever had the inkling of what mainstream media is trying to tell you, that your fellow Americans are, are evil and America is an evil racist place. Just think about that for a sec. Just think about that and then think for yourself. So I'll leave it at that. Excellent. Well said. Well done. It's already Thursday, October, <laughs> August, whatever the heck it is over there in Spain. So I'll uh, get some good sleep, man. And um, we'll be in touch soon. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, good night. Yes, brother.